0: This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Yeah, it's good to hear songs like that, songs that I remember having sung even when I was a child. Uh, I guess that's what makes them a hymn. They've been around for so long. I want to speak to you today by the help of the Lord on the subject God created man. You are what God made you. Um, One day I asked Susie, I said, stand here before the mirror and look at yourself. And uh, I said to you, you see yourself. What you see there is what God made. God made you just like you are. He didn't make you a boy. He made you a girl. And... uh, You are what God made you. Uh, No need in thinking, well, I wish I was something else or I I look some other way. No, no. You're just exactly what God made you the way you look today. It's the way you're supposed to look. It behooves us, however. take care of ourselves. Um, when I say take care of ourselves, I'm talking about <clears throat> uh, feeding ourselves proper food so you have proper nourishment and uh, cleaning yourself up. Sometimes you... Uh, Maybe let yourself go. You maybe go for one day you don't even take a bath. Well, I hope you take a bath the next day. Well, if you didn't take a bath the next day, I sure hope you took a bath on the third day. Because after that, you're going to begin to smell. Ain't no need for a sense of smelling. you take a bath every day. If you can. Of course, I guess there's such a thing as there was a time when taking a bath was not an easy thing for people to do, but for nowadays, I guess about everybody's got a running water in in the house, and uh, they can take a bath if they want to. And uh, but we ought to take care of ourselves the best we can. Uh, we are the person that God made us to be, and uh, we ought to take care of what God has made us, and the way He's made us, take care of ourselves so that we will be presentable uh, to others. God made man on the sixth day of creation. And prior to this, God had spoken and light came forth. That is in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 3. He divided the light from the darkness and began the process of day and night. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Then on the second day, he made the firmament, which he called heaven, in chapter 1, verses 6, 7, and 8. And on the third day, he made the land, the sea, and plant life in Genesis chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Then on the fourth day, God made the sun, the moon, the stars in chapter 1, verses 14 through 19. And then on the fifth day, He made animal life. That's in chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. Now my first point, I want you to notice it. The divine trinity at work In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, in the A part of the verse, in verse 1 through 24, we find that seven times we read the words, and God said, and God said. And each time he spoke something into shape. And each time it seems to be an act of God the Father, but verse 26 is different. Here we hear Him saying, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. The plural. Form us gives us actually here the first introduction to the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, when we come to the New Testament, we definitely find the Trinity at work in man's redemption. In Ephesians chapter 1, we see the three at work. God chose us. He predestinated us in Christ. Then Jesus died for us. And then the Holy Spirit seals those who are saved. So in your salvation, all three persons of the Godhead are at work. Now, those who study the Hebrew language tell us that the words after our likeness could be rendered after our blood flowing likeness. Jesus was the blood-flowing likeness of God. Man was made physically in the image that Christ was determined to bear when He would come from the Father made of a woman. Now in 1 Corinthians... Chapter 15, verse 49, Paul said, As we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now, this implies twice once in creation, and second in our resurrected bodies we shall be like Him. In heaven, we shall be like Him. We shall know as we are known. We shall be heirs of God. Joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we'll be made higher Than the angels. Well, not now, but we will be. Then, secondly, I want you to notice that man's dominion in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, and the B part of that verse. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and the cattle, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. When man knew life, he opened his eyes upon the earth, and when he opened his eyes upon the earth, he saw the earth fully equipped for His temporal needs. Everything that man needed is already there. We find that our Creator, God, had overlooked nothing. God had provided for Adam's every need. Everything was taken care of. It was indeed a wonderful garden of Eden which Adam looked upon and he saw there when he first lifted up his eyes in the Garden of Eden. Everything is there. God placed all things in subjection to man and we find that man himself was the climax of creation. He was made supreme in his position, and in His dominion. Oh my! I'm glad for the way the Lord has made man. Of all that He's made, I'm glad that He made me a man rather than being something else. Now, it's sad to see that man through his rebellion, however, against God... He has lost this honored position. As a result, he holds no more than a resemblance of his original glory. We don't have anything now like what we once did. But all is not finally lost. All this and more will be regained in the redemptive work of the last Adam, Jesus Christ. It's all going to be regained. We've lost so much because of our sins. But we're going back to it because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. Now then number three, I want you to notice man's fall, actually before the fall, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and through 30. And these verses here, Genesis 1 27 through 30, they set forth the life and the conduct of man before his fall in the to sin. Here we see the superiority of man over the animal kingdom. The state of man as it was then, it uh, is what's called the dispensation of innocence, or the time when man did not know sin. Oh, we're well familiar with it now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Man had a perfect environment where he was subjected to some very simple task. Basically, man had three tasks. First, he was to replenish the earth, he was to rep- reproduce. He was to multiply. That was man's responsibility. That was his first responsibility. Then man's second responsibility was to subdue the earth. That is, he was to use it for his own benefit. Subdue it. Then thirdly, Man must have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, and over the beasts of the field. Now, it was part of God's plan that man should live from both the herbs as well as the flesh of animals. Uh, Sometimes I hear somebody talking about they don't want to eat meat. Well, the well, God made man, God made man, we're supposed to eat meat. That's, that's part of the way the Lord takes care of us. And I'm glad. <clears throat> uh, there's some people are what they call vegetarians. Some of you may be, I don't know. I'm not. I eat most anything that uh, is eatable, I suppose. Uh, maybe some things I don't eat, but <clears throat> I'll eat most anything else. Anyway, that's man before the fall. But then I want you to notice the end of the sixth day, which would be in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number... Thirty-one, And God saw that everything He had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. As we come now to this particular verse, the Lord has reached the end of the work He was to do in the first six days of Genesis chapter 1. And there was but one conclusion that could be reached. He said, Behold, it was very good. I tell you right now, I can believe every word of that. Anything God did is good, anything God does today is good. But what about ours? We look back over our accomplishments. We're often forced to the place of repentance, asking God to forgive us of our failures. Things that we not done like we should have done. I hate to think about sometimes some of my past life. So much that I could have done if I had done, but I didn't do. But what did our Lord see when He looked back over the work of six days that He had done? God looked back over what He had done in six days, and He saw day and night in Genesis chapter one and verse number five. He saw the waters divided, and the firmament, which He called heaven, appear in Genesis chapter one, verses six, seven, and eight. He saw the waters separated from the land in Genesis chapter one verses 9 and 10. He saw the earth bring forth all kinds of vegetation in Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. He saw the sun, the moon, the stars. He had placed in the heavens in Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 17. He saw the Sea filled with fishes, the air filled with birds in Genesis chapter 1, verses 20 through 25. And finally, he saw the crowning act of his work, which was man. Now, having completed all these things, then he rested. On the seventh day, and he hallowed it. Which brings me now to my last point a help beat for Adam. Genesis chapter 2, verses 21. And 22. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Now, when it came time to provide a helpmate for Adam, God did not create Eve out of the dust of the ground like He did Adam. Rather, He took her from Adam's body that the whole race might come from Him. And as a result of this, she would have His nature. And He would pass to His descendants a nature like His. And that's still passed today. Uh... I don't know if you can see any resemblance in Danny or not, but Danny's my son. He came from me. And uh, others, you resemble your parents to some extent. You're like them. Actions many times. And... uh, it shows in the life that we live. We have like similarities. And we've all failed as Adam failed. We've all failed. If he was sinful, so are we. If he was destined to die, so are we. In the headship of Adam, we can also also see a prefiguring of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of all things, especially the spiritual family of God. In the new birth, we take on His divine nature in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4. If He is permitted into the Father's presence in peace, then we are accepted in the Beloved in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 6. Jesus said to the Father, The glory Thou hast given to Me, I have given to them also. In John 17 and verse number 22. Now, to bring about a wife for man, God performed the first surgery. Taking a rib from the side of Adam, and from this formed he a woman, and he brought her unto the man. You know what? Every time I read that, I think to myself if God had made a woman out of something else. Adam would no doubt have been pleased but he could not have been as pleased as he was with the woman that God brought because she brought uh, God brought a woman to Adam that was like him because she came out of him that must have been some kind of a wonderful love relationship between Adam and and Eve between them there was intimacy of relationship and fellowship that must have been so very sweet between the two of them this was a marriage that had its beginning and it's the way that marriage should continue to be I tell you right now It's good when a man and a woman who are married and get along good in their marriage, love each other. I would hurt myself before I would have Ramona hurt. There's no way that I want some evil to happen to her. The Lord looks on me the same way. He watches over me. Oh my, how he watches over me. I want to watch over my wife just that kind of a way. In God's sight, marriage is sacred. And divorce is just the opposite. You're married, you thank God for your marriage. I encourage you to do everything you can to be a blessing and a help and an encouragement in your marriage. And fight anything that might come in and cause a problem in your marriage. Keep your marriage sweet. Keep your marriage loving. And one of the ways you can do that, if you would be loved, then love. Love your wife. Love your husband. And you'll find it comes back. It comes back. It makes it so sweet. some folks do not have the kind of marriage that you have. You see, there's some folks, that don't know the Lord. And knowing the Lord, oh my, makes all the difference in the world. Knowing the Lord. You know what? <clears throat> Ramona is my second wife. I was married to Betty... For 43 years, I could not imagine myself ever being married to anyone else. I loved Betty dearly. But in the providence of God, I lost her to cancer. It hurt like everything to see my wife dying slowly, slowly, slowly. And I was at her bedside when she died. Danny was sitting there on the bed holding her hand when she died. We loved her. I could not imagine myself ever with someone else. But in the divine providence of God, God led me to learn to love Ramona. And I love Ramona the same way today that I loved Betty when I was married to her. I would give my life for for Ramona right now. In order to help her, to save her, I I would lay down my life for her And I suppose any man who loves his wife would do the same thing. You thank God for your wife. You thank God for your husband. Now, if Adam, the federal head of the race, stood as a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, then Eve must stand as a type of the Lord's churches. She was needful to Adam but could not be prepared except through his sufferings. It took the shedding of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ by His death alone could prepare people out of which His churches could be built. Can you picture in your mind the intimate relationship Eve had with Adam and the full participation she must have had in all of his plans? There isn't anything that I do by myself. Some do things differently. Personally, I don't do anything but what Ramona knows all about it. You never find me obligating myself in some way or another without Ramona knowing about it. Like for instance, I never go in debt, but my wife would know about it. First of all, I'm not going to go in debt if I can get out of it. That's one thing you want to stay away from as much as you can. Stay away from debt. Debt can cause you more problems than you can imagine. Debt can cause you to spend more than you want to spend, and take you down the road farther than you want to go, and keep you longer than you want to stay. The best thing you can do is stay out of debt. If you don't have the money to pay for it, you maybe don't need it right now. Wait a while. It's not the time right now. So, oh, but I found this car. Now that I can, I can, I can get this car right now. All you gotta do is sign the paper and, and, and start making the payments. You might do that, you might do that, but you might be making payments longer than you want to pay. And uh, it costs you more than you want to pay. Stay out of debt, I would encourage that. <clears throat> I want you to know this for sure, folks. There's no other so close, so dear to God as His churches. There should be nobody closer to you than your spouse. You thank God for your wife. You thank God for your husband. Be close to each other. I want to ask you a question. As I look over this congregation, I believe this about not everyone, just about everyone is a professing believer. The question is, are you a member of one of the Lord's churches? Good to be. Good to be. Sometimes there's a person can be a member of a church, but they're still not saved. As some churches take on members in their membership that are not even saved. They don't profess to be saved. But they can become members. If you're not a member of this kind of a church, you need to be. In order to be a member of this kind of a church, Temple Baptist Church, you got to be saved first. As I come to the close of this message, and someone were to come here and say to me, "Say, I would like to join this church," I would say, "Wonderful! Have you been saved?" My question: Have you been saved? See, we don't take on membership until you've been saved. You've got to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So, no, I've not been saved yet, but I want to go ahead and be a member of the church now. No, we don't do it that way. You've got to be saved first. And then you can take on membership. And then there are those who uh, haven't been baptized. Uh, so, well, uh, I'm not being baptized. I get baptized later on. Now, you don't be a member of the church until you've been saved and you've been baptized. And then you can become a member. It comes in that order. You get saved First. Then you get baptized. Then you become a member of the church. And you cannot reverse it in any kind of a way. Become a member. Then get saved. Then get baptized. No, no. You get saved first. Then you get baptized. Then you become a church member. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior? Our Gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And then He was buried and then He rose again the third day. Have you believed the Gospel? Let's all stand. Amen.
1: Brother Wade Smith, do you dismiss Heavenly Father, We come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for your creation of this earth and people. Heavenly Father, thank you for the salvation through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for making us a part of your forever family. Heavenly Father, help us to bring credit to your name. Help us to be examples to others for what a Christian is. Heavenly Father, help us to glorify your name. And as we go from here, Heavenly Father, I pray that all that we say and do will bring honor and glory to your name. For we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm leaving in the fellowship hall. Yes, and we got frozen hamburgers.